Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast from CBS Sports. One, one pitch. Fastball pulled and Got a fantasy question? Email fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Get ready to win your league. Now, here's Adam, Scott, Heath, and Chris. Well, I gotta say, this has been one fun fantasy baseball season so far. Welcome to the show. It'll be one fun show on Monday, the 21st of May. I am Adam Azer with Scott White and Heath Cummings. And guys, I am almost overwhelmed by the amount of players that I want to add this week. Heath Cummings, do you agree? You share that. There, there are a lot of players. I didn't feel overwhelmed. I was perfectly um, capable of handling this responsibility, and I think I handled it very well. Good, it was a lot. There's a lot, right? It was a lot. A it, lot was, it was more than the last couple weeks, I'm, I'm sure. There were, there were some leagues where I put, like, you know, 30-plus claims in. And it was it was a time consuming affair. Yeah, yeah. I, I I think the best part about it is like we are all going to come into this with different guys that we want to talk about. There's not like one or two guys that yeah, it's it's a lot of different things. Is Juan Soto the ah, guy? <laughs> he he is for at least one of us definitely. Well, yeah, for Scott, but he already owned him everywhere. Yeah, yeah. he's number one on the list for sure. Is he? Okay, good. So what we're going to do today is a little bit different. We're going to give you one or more players to add at every single position. So that's John Hicks, among others, at catcher, Jesus Aguilar at first base. Maybe you want to add Ian Happ or Josh Harrison at second base. We'll go on down the line. I am going to, not only did I add, I am going to start Ross Stripling at the Padres this week. Woo. Yeah, what do you think, what do you think about that? I think your pitching staff's probably in trouble. Ah, uh, yeah, Rich Hill's going on the DL. Like, come on, Ross Stripling's been really good. It, it's not terrible. I'm just saying that if you are starting Ross Stripling this week because of one start at the Padres, your pitching staff was probably in trouble. It's a fairly deep league, I'd say. Uh, troubles, not, yeah, it's a little bit of that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, um, okay, here we go. Let's start with the prospects. And start with Juan Soto, who the Nationals called up as Howie Kendrick is out for the year. With an Achilles injury. Now, Soto is left-handed. He sat against a lefty yesterday. I think they have lefties on the schedule Monday and Tuesday. Scott White would probably know better than I would. But let's talk about Juan Soto and how eager we are to add the 19-year-old youngest player in baseball right now uh, for the Nationals. Scott White. Yeah, this was definitely stop the presses type news on Saturday night. I, we talked about Juan Soto a couple times last week and just how ridiculous he's been in the minors and how it probably gives him a chance of breaking through in the majors this year. Did not expect it to happen the very next week, uh, but that's obviously an indication of just how how uh, how excited the Nationals are to bring him in and how ready they think he is for this opportunity. They are, from what I read, they are going to ease him in against tough, tougher left-handers, but the way the um, MLB beat writer put it was they brought him up to play and to play every day so I'm not worried about playing time in the long run obviously he has to perform but consistently throughout his minor league career more walks than strikeouts and was like just prodigious power like I think he was leading all my well I know he was leading all minor leaguers in OPS and he was right there one or two in home runs as well so very excited to add this player. I had him in a couple deep leagues already. I spent $235 of my $1,000 budget in Tout Wars to get him. And others, since there's five Tout Wars leagues, others spent more in the other leagues. I was lucky to get him for that amount. Juan Soto, and he is owned in 73% of leagues now. So there are three lefties on the schedule this week for Soto. They are not very good. They are Robbie Erlin, Eric Lauer, and Wei-Yin Chen. The other pitchers are Tyson Ross, Jose Arania, and Eliezer Hernandez. So the Nationals have good matchups this week. I don't know. Are we, are we starting Soto this week or do we want to wait and see? Let's keep in mind he is extremely young. Not just extremely young. And I, I, I am extremely, I don't want to cast any, any, uh, sourness on this Juan Soto excitement. It, it's very exciting. He has 35 plate appearances at double A. 
Yeah. Everything else below that is A ball or rookie or low A. And most of that is low A and rookie. So this isn't a one level jump for, or really even a two level jump. This is, this is an enormous jump. Mm-hmm. I, he, played, I, he only played 32 games last year because of injuries. So like, yeah, well, has, I mean, you're, you're not wrong about that. He has 513 minor league plate appearances, which is a lot if it was just like higher levels. This, this is an enormous, it's very, this is really, really, really rare to see a player make this type of jump this quick. And that's probably a good sign. Teams are not stupid. They're not trying to stunt his development. They obviously have a ton of confidence that this kid has the right makeup. I would have a real difficult time starting him the very first week. I think it'd be a five outfielder, three outfielder thing for me. Right. Like five outfielder leagues, probably going to find a spot for him, three outfielder leagues. Uh, I probably have three outfielders I have enough confidence in that I don't need to go there yet. So would you rather have Soto or Vladimir Guerrero? I mean, is that an easy question well, now that Soto's up? A bird in the hand is better than two in the bush, right? Yeah, yeah. All right, we'll take the bird in the hand. Luis Gohara is going to start on Wednesday, but there are some other circumstances, Heath, that we need to know about here with Gohara for the Braves. Uh, is Gohara a must-add? I wrote about Gohara last week before they announced they were adding him. I do think he is a must-add. It's hard to find. Like I, I was more excited before the year, and I'm still more excited about his long-term potential and even 2018 potential than I am Soroka. So I do think he should be on your roster. I wouldn't even have that big of a problem with saying, man, I'm really desperate. I'd rather start him than someone like Ross Stripling this week. But <laughs> Yeah, I would do that. Right. But I do also think... You need to understand that he's, he may not, this is not a situation where he's being moved into the rotation permanently, at least not yet. It sounds like he has some family, um, a sickness in his family. His mom is really sick and is still in Brazil and he is staying. He was actually planning on going back this weekend. He's staying through Wednesday to make the start. And then the plan as of like Saturday was he's going back to Brazil because they think that they won't need him in the rotation because Soroka should be back. All right, that's Luis Gohara. He's 40% owned. I don't know that I'd start him against the Phillies this week. That's not the easiest matchup, but, uh, all right, so that's somebody at least that has some long-term potential there, Luis Gohara, and we hope everything, uh, gets better for him with his personal life. Uh, Nick Kingham was sent down. Joe Musgrove is going to come off the DL this week. Uh, Scott, can we drop Nick Kingham? Yeah, I dropped him, I think, pretty much everywhere I have him. If it's, a deeper league scenario, like 15-plus teams, maybe you hold on to him, hoping another opportunity arises. But like even before I knew for sure he was getting sent down, the fact he wasn't throwing a lot of his slider, wasn't getting the same big swing and miss total he did with it in that initial start uh, was enough to tell me I could probably do better. Joe Musgrove is 20% owned. Would you rather own Gohara or Musgrove? Gohara. Gohara. Derek Fisher is on the DL. Houston called up J.D. Davis, who was leading the whatever league he was in in AAA in uh, in hitting, batting average. Do we care about J.D. Davis for the Astros? I'm not sure there's going to be an opportunity for him to play much. I'm surprised how much Tony Kemp has played. Seems to have been at the expense of Marwin Gonzalez, but I don't see how they fit a second guy like that in there. Okay, so not a big mover there, J.D. Davis. Alex Reyes had another great rehab start, and then Jack Flaherty had another great actual start. Reyes had the minor league start, Flaherty the major league start. They were sensational this weekend. What the heck in the Cardinals rotation, Heath? (laughs) If they ever start Adam Wainwright again, everyone involved in that decision should be fired. No, they will. He's on the 60-day DL. He's gone for a while. Yeah, he's forget about him. (laughs) Carlos Martinez could be out another week or two. But are they going to be able to fit both Reyes and Flaherty? Uh, Luke Weaver uh, needs to keep pitching well, I think. Yeah. I mean, something something's going to give here. I don't know that it's going to be as soon as Reyes is ready to go. Uh, it seems like if – I still think it's possible they move him into, like, a Josh Hader role, just waiting for that opening. But yeah. unlike Hader, once the opening comes, I think he'll seize it. it if we're ranking these three pitchers, Scott – like what we think they are if they're in the rotation. I think it's Reyes, Flaherty, Weaver, right? I think they're all good, but yes. I think in terms of upside, that's how I'd rank them. 
And Johnny Field is someone I didn't anticipate talking about. We can maybe just cross him off the list. But Tampa Bay outfielder Johnny Field, he's batting 308 with four home runs. He's a rookie. Do we care about him? He, uh, he hasn't been an everyday player either. And maybe he, bec- I mean, it's the Rays lineup, so maybe there's an opportunity to become that, but I don't, I don't see a lot of upside. There's another guy that we don't think is an everyday player that was awesome this weekend that's not on this list that I'm more excited about. Oh, who? Tyler O'Neill. Okay. He hit, hit a dong on Saturday, hit a dong on Sunday, and I don't really think the Cardinals have any place for him either. But Dexter Fowler has been just absolutely awful yeah. so far this year. One of the worst hitters in all of baseball. I You can't tr- trust O'Neal as like a starter, but I've added him in a, as a speculative ad in a couple of five outfielder leagues. Okay, yeah, 17% owned Tyler O'Neal. And Austin Meadows might be a little over-owned because he's 41% owned, and Starling Marte says he'll be back soon. So Austin Meadows will keep an eye. He's playing well. He's got a home run and a steal. He hasn't struck out or walked. In three games, batting 455 right now. It's Pirates outfielder Austin Meadows. Might just be a temporary thing filling in for Starling Marte. Let's talk about who to add at each position and go with catcher. And so wait, coming up, let me just talk about what's coming up on today's show. I hope we have time to talk about all this stuff, but Sonny Gray had a very good start. A lot of bullpen stuff. We will talk about that. Uh, let's see, the, the Angels bullpen, the Brewers bullpen, the Marlins bullpen. Yu Darvish had a great fastball on Sunday and had a very good start after a 40-pitch first inning. Uh, Brandon Crawford has been tearing it up a little bit. Aaron Hicks has two inside-the-park home runs this year. Uh, <laughs> Matt Carpenter looks like he's, you know, 10 for his last 20. That's good. Michael Conforto yep. is playing better. And we got some steals guys for you. So we'll get to all that. Who to add at each position, starting with catcher. All right, got to talk about John Hicks. John Hicks in his last 21 days, and that's kind of like when he, you know, Started becoming a regular. I don't know how exactly how long Miguel Cabrera has been out, but last 21 days, number two catcher in points, number one in Roto, and he had a you know a respectable slash line last year for if you know for a guy who's catcher eligible, two sixty six, three twenty six, four thirty nine in sixty games. John Hicks is forty four percent old. What do you guys think about the first baseman currently for the Tigers, but catcher eligible? I think forty four percent is about appropriate because I'd guess that's pretty close to how many two catcher leagues we have. I'd have a hard time unless like. You could have a catcher that went on the DL and he was the best option in a one catcher league, but he's, he's mostly two catcher material and I think he should be started in pretty much all two catcher leagues until Miggy's back. I don't even know that it has to be two catcher leagues though, because there are a number of catchers starting in one catcher leagues who are fully replaceable. And I think John Hicks is basically must start at that position until Miguel Cabrera comes back. I mean, just the fact that he plays every day, before you even factor in he's hitting well and hitting for power, uh, that gives him a leg up on all catchers. And if you look at his point total the last three weeks, I mean, it's it's studly at the position. So it's, it's obviously a, a weird situation, but the fact that that um, catcher is so lacking in high-end talent makes it reasonable to – to kind of stream this guy until Cabrera's back and, and, and taking the job away. What happens when he's back? Is Hicks just done? Just a bench he's player? He's back to being, he's back to backing up James McCann at catcher. Now maybe he's earned like a 40, 60 share there. Maybe but, he's earned the V-Mart role and he's the DH. Uh, it would surprise me. It yeah. would surprise me, but it's possible. Alright, how about a couple other like real deep league guys? Nick Hundley and Luke Maley. Maley's playing a little bit more lately. He's kind of 50-50 with Russell Martin. Um, mm-hmm. Any interest in those guys? Like, Maley and who was the other one? Nick Hundley. I, I don't think Hundley's going to play enough, but Maley's fine at a two-catcher league. I actually have him He's my in a single-catcher 24-team league. He's actually my starting catcher because he is playing more. All right. Heath, let's talk about Jesus Aguilar as we look at first base now. Uh, he's 39% owned. He hit four home runs over the weekend, and he's crushing it. Scott already Scott said off the air that he's excited to start Jesus Aguilar in our crappy 16-team head-to-head categories team, Team Scam. Uh, how do you feel about Aguilar? I think he's a very good add in a 16-team categories league. He should be owned in all leagues where you need a corner infielder as well, and may probably even start it. I don't think he's going to get to the point 
And maybe he will. I, I don't know that I believe in him being a top 12-ish or top 18-ish, if you want to count utility option in a points league. He is hitting righties just about as well as he's hitting lefties. He kind of has a reputation as a lefty masher. And um, actually, he had an OPS over 800 against righties last year as well. But I think it's it's another injury fill-in situation, another hot hand situation, but you won't find many hotter right now than Aguilar, who has good matchups this week. Would you rather have Aguilar or Trey Mancini, who also has good matchups, Scott, as I noted in your hitters column? I'll go with I know I have Mancini higher in that hitters column, so I'm going to be consistent and say Mancini. But okay. it's uh, it's closer than maybe a rank list would indicate. Jesus Aguilar or Matt Carpenter? Carpenter. Carpenter. All right, let's move on to second base. You guys have interest in picking up Ian Happ, who's 69% Woo! owned. <laughs> Six for 15 with with how many walks? Nine walks in his last five games. Ian Happ. And only five strikeouts. I know. He's only good. striking out once a game now. Wow. And, and yeah. uh, Josh Harrison is back. He had a three-hit game in his return from the DL. He's 44% owned. Do you guys want Ian Happ or Josh Harrison? I think Harrison should is definitely under-owned at 44%. He's going to be leading off. He might get hurt again, but while he's healthy, I expect him to be a pretty decent option in most formats. Hap, the encouraging thing for me, we you talked about it last week, Adam, Joe Madden saying we've got to play him more. He started each of the last five games. Yeah, and one at third base. Right, with Chris Bryant getting a little bit of a breather. Uh, all right, so 69% owned. What do you think about that ownership for Hap? Too low. I don't know that I'd call it too low, but probably the standard roto lineup with the middle infield spot, the five outfielder spots. He probably needs to be owned in those formats. All right, how about third base? I don't know that I have anyone great here for third base. Jed Jerko, maybe? 23% owned? Yeah. Um, let me pull up the list here. See if I can find somebody good. Paul DeYoung is out Jerko Josh, Josh Harrison is third base eligible. Oh, okay. So, so who would you rather have, Josh Harrison or Paul DeYoung? I mean, or uh, Jed Jerko? I'll take Harrison. I, yeah, I'm not sure how much Jerko. Like he he got two starts at shortstop, and it was his first appearance at the position since 2016. Uh, and then he didn't start there Sunday, so I don't know how much they trust his defense there. If they do play him on an everyday basis, I'd rather have him. But, I mean, like, if you go just a little higher in ownership, like Matt Chapman, 72, Matt Davidson, 72. That's a lot higher, though. We're talking 23%. That's 50%. Well, even, like, Christian Villanueva is 59. You'd rather have Like, I'd rather have all of them than either of those two. I'd rather have Harrison than Villanueva. All right. I don't like this segment. This segment's boring. It's not working. Let's talk about some pitchers you guys (laughs) want to add from over the weekend. Other than Ross Stripling, obviously. Uh, who kind of stood out to you? I was happy to see Reynaldo Lopez give us a start like the one he gave us. Eight strikeouts over eight shutout innings against the Rangers. I think it's easy to forget that he's still just 24 years old because we've been waiting for him to show us his potential since 2016. And he has a lot of times with young pitchers, especially ones that are going to develop into good starters, you'll see the signs over limited starts, but it's, they don't have the consistency and that's what Lopez looks like right now. So he's still under 60% owned. I wouldn't necessarily feel comfortable starting him this week, but I'm trying to make a spot for him. I think you look at Jordan Lyles start and it's a lot better than the final numbers indicate five and two thirds, seven hits, four runs at Pittsburgh, four strikeouts. Pittsburgh doesn't strike out. They are one of the lowest strikeout teams in baseball. Lyles allowed one earned run through five innings, and then he gave up a walk and two homers in the sixth. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I I, mean, I like the fact that he was great through five innings. Uh, this is coming off two awesome starts in a row against St. Louis and Colorado. Jordan Lyles is at the Dodgers this week, and he's 42% owned. Would you rather own Lyles or Ronaldo Lopez? Lopez. I'd, I'd rather own Lyles and... I understand it probably sounds goofy since Lopez's stat line, base stat line looks good, but I still like, it's a bad strikeout rate, it's a bad walk rate, it's a bad fly ball rate. Like it's, I'm glad he had a good start yesterday, but I need to see more. I talked about, I think I sent you notes on Lyles last week, Adam. There are encouraging things about what he's done so far this year, and I'm not saying that, like I, I added him in a league. 
I just think the upside's a lot higher with Lopez. Okay. Um, yeah, I think I'm going to go pick up Lopez in a 14-team league as we speak. Anyway, uh, Andrew Heaney is 60% owned. What do you think yep. about that, he, Scott? He was a big priority for me this week. I think he was only available in one of my leagues. But, yeah, he's somebody I'm excited to add. Um, I'm to the point where I'm taking a closer look at Kyle Freeland after kind of I guess everybody who started Tyler Anderson is probably underwhelmed by what he delivered in that two-start week. But Kyle Freeland's been doing some of the things that got me excited about Anderson even better than Anderson has. Uh, I I did put in some claims for Freddie Peralta this weekend. Obviously, that start Saturday didn't go great. The walks became an issue. And with Chase Anderson returning from the DL, not clear he's going to stick around. So that's probably we, we can probably move on from him at least in the standard twelve team league. Okay, for Freddie Peralta. Um, in leagues where I needed saves, I put in some Dan Winkler claims. I certainly put in some Sir Anthony Dominguez claims. He got a two inning save on Saturday, and hasn't allowed a hit yet in what six appearances. Yeah, yeah. This is a I, Phillies uh, pitcher. Sir, sorry, Heath. Sir Anthony Dominguez that. Uh, is now owned in 32% of leagues, and yeah, their their bullpen's a little bit fluid, but Dominguez has been awesome for them, and it looks like they've got a little bit of a gem there. And it's S E R Anthony, Sir Anthony Dominguez. That's a very cool name. That's a good one for Team Name Tuesday, everybody. Heath, go ahead. Yeah, I also picked. I, I think Dominguez should be the closer in Philadelphia. I think that's going to remain a fluid situation, but he's the one that will help you the most in ratios out of all those relievers. I added Nate Jones in a league where saves are very scarce. I don't know who's going to get saves for the White Sox on a game-to-game basis, but if I had to bet on one to get a save this week, he'd be the most likely. He got a couple in a row, right? And then uh, Jace Fry, who has some good numbers, by the way, but Jace Fry got one on Sunday. I think that was mostly because Jones had worked three the previous four days. I think, yeah, it was that and the fact, I think Fry's a lefty, and they had both Gallo and Mazzara coming up that inning. Yeah. Blake Blake Parker got a save yesterday. Yeah, Blake and Parker the- is is maybe back. He has been great lately, Blake Parker. I did want to pick him up and was unable to do so. Now, you can't really think along with Mike Sosha when it comes to a bullpen, so it's dangerous to make a heavy investment in Parker, but he's the most deserving based on the way everybody's pitched lately. His numbers suddenly look pretty good again. Yeah, they really do. And... um you know, guys like Jim Jim Johnson had a meltdown on Thursday. Uh, Justin Anderson, his numbers, he, he did get a save Friday, I think it was, but his numbers don't look very good. Cameron Bedrosian's numbers are awful. I think clearly Blake Parker makes the most sense. We'll see if Sosha does, thinks that too. All right, we'll take a look at the most added list in, in just a second. That was kind of your bullpen update there. Uh, people, are you hiring? Every business needs great people and a better way to find them. Something better than just posting your job online and sitting there and waiting and praying for the right people to see your job opening. So use ZipRecruiter. And you can use it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. ZipRecruiter knew there was a smarter way to do this. They built a platform that finds the right job candidates for you. I think that's really the important thing here. ZipRecruiter does work for you. They go out and they identify people with the right experience and they invite those candidates to apply to your job, and 80% of employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. 80%. It takes just one day for them to get a quality candidate, and that is outstanding. So the right candidates are out there. ZipRecruiter is how you find them. You're never going to miss a great match if you use ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. Now, big business, small business, medium business, it does not matter. Get on ZipRecruiter right now and try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. That is ZipRecruiter.com slash strike. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. All righty. Um, let's see. The, the most added list in just a second. I had to draw Dyson in a league. I wanted to mention that. He's uh, 8 or 9% owned. And he's not a good hitter, but he's going to steal bases. He stole two on Saturday. Travis Jankowski, though. Maybe we should talk about him. He's 26% owned, guys. He's got a 359 batting average and seven steals in seven attempts in 19 games. He sits against lefties. They have at least two lefties on the schedule, the Padres. Um, but Jankowski at 26% owned, Gerard Dyson at 8% owned. Who's a better source for steals? 
I think it's Jankowski, actually. I was a little worried that he might be the one who would suffer from Framiel Reyes getting the call, but Reyes has done nothing. And I'm not sure how much longer that's going to last. Jankowski's obviously doing great at the top of the order. Um, the BABIP is ridiculously high, but so is the batting average. It's not like he's striking out a lot. He's getting a lot of infield hits, which uh, in his case you could see is sustainable. Uh, I think he's, I think he's, uh, I think he's a pretty good steel source. All right, Travis Jankowski, keep an eye out for him. But here's the most added list. Juan Soto is number one, and Soto is 73% owned. Jordan Lyles is number two. Let me just see who Lyles has this week. And you can tell me, starter, sit, Padres, pitcher, Jordan Lyles, who, by the way, is RP eligible. Okay, Jordan Lyles, where the heck are you? There you are. And you have the Dodgers At on the road the this week. Yeah, I could, that could have been yeah. so much easier. If I just clicked <laughs> on his name on the most added list, I could have easily looked that up. That's how I did it, yeah. Yeah, see? You're still um, No, I mean, he's not the kind of – like, unless it's a situation in a points league where you really need to fill that second reliever spot. He's not the kind of pitcher you start in a one-start week yet. All right, Sir Anthony Dominguez, for, uh, third on the list. He's not 35% owned. Jesus the way you say it makes it sound like he's been knighted. That's his name. That's that's it's how I heard, Anthony, it. I heard it. I heard it as Sir on the broadcast. Okay, all right. Sir Anthony Dominguez. Jesus Aguilar is four, forty-one percent owned now. Austin Meadows is five. Do you guys agree with me on Austin Meadows that he's, you know, potentially? I mean, I wrote him off when he got called up. I, I the headline of the article Thursday was actually, um, Austin Meadows is here, but Juan Soto is still the better stash in fantasy. So obviously that that uh, paid immediate dividends. But Meadows has been. In the brief time he's played, he's been better than I thought he would be, and it's just, like, no matter how good he is, where are they going to play him when Starling Marte's back? Uh, we've got CJ Crone on the most out of this. Would you rather have Crone or Aguilar? Aguilar. I know I have Crone higher this week in the sleeper column, so I'm going to say Crone. Okay. Kyle Freeland is on the most added lists. I'm going to click on his name and find his matchup. He is at the Dodgers. Uh, All the Rockies are at the Dodgers. Uh, I'd rather not start him. <laughs> but, no. but, but I'd, I'd, I'd be more likely to start him in a one-start week than Lyles, I think. Jordan Lyles is on the Padres, Heath. You've com- thoroughly confused me. Yeah, uh, Bartolo Colon's a two-star pitcher with some tough matchups. I know Scott says he's getting hit really hard, so buyer beware. Bartolo Colon is up 21%. He is 34% owned. How about Brandon Crawford, guys? 47% owned. This is what Brandon Crawford has done in the month of May. I don't know why I threw in my girl just there. Um, Brandon Crawford in May is batting 444 with two home runs and a 508 BABIP. What do you think? That's a high BABIP. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. I mean, he's hot. He's hot. And if you have a needed shortstop, doesn't hurt to play the hot hands. You do not want to start him this week at all. He has five games against Garrett Cole, Justin Verlander, Jose Ooh. Quintana, Hugh Darvish, and Kyle Hendricks. Oh, that's true. Yeah, oh, the okay. Giants have the worst matchups. Good call, Heath. Hey, would, would you start? Would you start Jordan Hicks over Buster Posey this week? No. What? You just Jordan told me Hicks is John not Hicks. John Hicks. John, John Hicks, Hicks over um, Buster Posey. No. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be able to do that. <laughs> Are we really starting Brandon Belt, Scott? It sounds like uh, you are. Well, it, in a league like that, where there's not an abundance of alternatives, I mean, he's red hot. So it I don't is, think there's, I don't think anyone's wrong to start Brandon Belt. But I could, I could foresee in a shallower league, you may be shy away from Belt just based on those matchups, and Man, that would be the only games. reason. Uh, yeah, bad, bad week to have Giants. Um, all right then, let's see. I think we've pretty much covered the bullpen. Unless you guys want to speculate on a Marlins re- reliever, Kyle Bearclaw. Not Drew Steckenrider, the way he's pitched lately. Um, it's a shame because Ziggler was on a really nice run, and I was beginning to get to where I trusted him, at least in the short term. But now he's he's back in the doghouse. Well, you know, the problem, Scott, was so, so the Braves scored six runs to win the game yesterday in the ninth inning. It wasn't a save situation. You can't start it. You can't put a closer in there in a non-save situation. It was a five-run game. He hasn't blown. Brad Ziegler has not blown a save this year. 
I bet you're surprised to know that he's eight for eight. That's that's interesting. Right? It's an interesting stat. Yeah. We're, no, look, he's not that good. But I'm being sarcastic. But he didn't blow a save. He's he is eight for eight. Uh, I think Bearclaw. I mean, I think they're. I think Bearclaw's probably going to get traded. Bearclaw's going to go to the Red Sox. I guess. But they're all getting traded. Yeah. Jeter's not trading somebody to the Red Sox. Oh, uh, right. He'll get, he'll go to the Yankees for Ronald <laughs> Torres. Uh, news and notes. Texas is open to trading Cole Hamels, according to Ken Rosenthal. Hamels is going to start Tuesday against the Yankees. Start or sit Hamels this week? I'd like to sit him, please. Yeah, I'd prefer to sit him, but I'd start him over any of the, the Freelands or the Lyles of the world. Oh, I don't think I, I didn't read the big news. All right, we'll combine the big news and the small news. Rich Hill is on the DL. Alex Wood left with leg cramps, but he should be able to pitch. Greg Bird could be back this week. Miguel Sano could be back this week. The Bird situation is pretty interesting. Is I I don't know I don't I don't know that Greg Bird's going to be a regular. Time, At least not right away. Tyler yeah. Austin's been money against lefties, yeah. and why not why not ease him in? You know, yeah, I coming agree. back from surgery. Clayton Kershaw could be back next week, which would be nice. Nelson Cruz sat on Sunday. He should be back today. Cleveland purchased Melky Cabrera's contract. Atlanta released Jose Bautista. Adam Jones left Sunday's game with a stomach issue. I was working on this horrible joke. Adam Jones had something that he never does when he's on first base. The runs. Oh, gosh. The runs. <laughs> Nothing like a little bathroom humor on a Monday I morning. I don't know what the stomach issue was, but he doesn't steal bases, folks. Maybe he had sushi. Maybe. Yeah, right? That would That would cause it. Uh, and Matt Moore is on the DL, and Ariel Harado will replace him in the Rangers rotation. And here are some fun MLB notes. Aaron Hicks is the first Yankee with two inside-the-park homers in the same season since Mickey Mantle in 1958. Corey Kluber set a Cleveland record. People, you want somebody in a quality starts league? Kluber has 22 straight starts of three or fewer earned runs. That's a Cleveland record. Max Scherzer became the fastest starting pitcher in baseball history to reach 100 strikeouts in a season. Jordan Hicks for the Cardinals. He threw 105 miles per hour yesterday. And Odubo Herrera's on-base streak ended at 45 games. You know what the most fun thing about the Odubo Herrera thing is? What? He got on base in that game. What? What do you mean? In his last plate appearance, he reached base on either a fielder's choice or an error or something, but it didn't count for his on-base streak. Really? I thought it did yeah. count. That's int- I didn't know that. I didn't know Wanna that hear something. Count. Fun related to Jordan Hicks and his 105 mile per hour fastball. Yeah. In 22 innings this year, he has a K per nine of 3.7. I know. It's so weird. <laughs> that is some ineffective velocity. We got a lot to get to, a lot of pitchers to talk about. First, I got to read an email from Roger from Lancaster, Pennsylvania. This is a real email. Got it this morning or last night. Saw it this morning. Roger says, Thanks for telling us about SeatGeek. We are going on an epic road trip this Memorial Day weekend. Two of my sons and I are going to an Indians game on Saturday, a Cubs game Sunday night, up to Detroit on Memorial Day for a Tigers game, and back down to Pittsburgh for a Pirates game on Tuesday night. 1,500 miles, four MLB parks in four days, and we're using SeatGeek to save money and get the best seats. Thanks. That's great. Thank you very much, Roger. And And we've got two promo codes for you, Roger, and for all of you out there. Use the code FANTASY for 20 bucks off your first purchase, or use the code TODAY for 10 bucks off baseball tickets. If you've already used FANTASY, that's okay. You can save 10 bucks with the code TODAY. Everybody, be more like Roger. Go to a bunch of games, or a concert, or comedy, or theater, and use SeatGeek to get to any of those events. Every purchase on SeatGeek is fully guaranteed. It searches multiple sites and finds the best deals. It saves you time and saves you money. And again, here are those promo codes. Fantasy on the SeatGeek app for 20 bucks off your first purchase and today for, for 10 bucks off MLB tickets. So either use Fantasy for 20 bucks or today for 10 bucks off MLB tickets. Alright folks. First of all, if you saw Matt Carpenter or Michael Conforto on waivers, they're both 79% owned. What are you doing? Carpenter. I'm picking up Carpenter and I'm probably at least trying to figure out if there's a way I can roster Conforto. But Carpenter's the one I have the most faith in. It's, you know, pretty loud turnaround here. 10 for 20, you said, with, uh, I think, five doubles. Yep. And just, like, 
I want to give this a little bit longer because I know it's the second year in a row he's let us down with these kind of percentages, but he's hitting the ball so hard. He's hitting so many line drives. It just doesn't make sense that he'd have this batting average. Yeah, and I think with Carpenter, I mean, this is the other thing that I keep saying about him is even in this hot streak, I mean, this is the example of a points league specialist. He has six doubles, two walks, two strikeouts. He has no home runs, and he has no steals. So, look, I own Carpenter in a categories league and a roto league. Actually, I don't own him in any points league. So I start him, but I'm just saying, even at his best, he's just he's just better in that format, in that points format, or like a total bases format or something. And Conforto is still batting 167 this year against lefties, but with Juan Lagares out for the year, uh, Conforto's probably going to play more, which is nice. Studs being studs. Let's talk about the pitchers from over the weekend. Studs being studs part one. Lance McCullers. He has now gone seven innings in four of his last seven starts. And, man, was he incredible yesterday. Remember McCullers said he hadn't found his curveball. He found it last night against the Indians, and he destroyed them. Uh, James Paxton, his second complete game, one of them a no-hitter in his last three starts. Shohei Otani. Ooh, man, is he good. Uh, seven and two-thirds, two runs, nine strikeouts against the Rays. By the way, the Rays lineup, is it's not that well, it hasn't been that bad. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way of phrasing it. <laughs> it's still bad. It's been good. Like, I think they're middle in the pack, middle of the pack, basically, in runs score this year. You, you know who's been, uh, underappreciated in that lineup, who I think is, is mostly legit. It's just a matter of him staying healthy, and that's Denard Span, getting on base a lot, like he always has, with just enough power and speed to be relevant. How about ranking those three pitchers? And I, I thank you for that aside. That's actually, that is relevant. I'm not trying to uh, pivot from it. But uh, McCullers, Paxton, Otani, how would you rank them? I think you did. McCullers, Paxton, Otani. I would go, uh, no, that's not how I'd rank them at all. I'd go, <laughs> I'd go Paxton, Otani, and then McCullers. Ooh, why last, Scott? Why first Heath for McCullers? I, go ahead. Why, why, I, the only thing, like, I think, McCullers and Paxton are basically back to back. So I don't have any argument with that. It's the Otani McCullers thing. Like McCullers concern is innings and I expect he's going to throw 30 or 40 more of them this year than Otani. I don't expect that. I think it'll be similar and I just think Otani's going to be more dominant inning for inning, but like, you know, obviously they're all dominant pitchers. So it's, it it mostly comes down to personal preference, and I think um, the fact that I think Otani just is a slightly more talented pitcher than McCullers. John Lester, if you look at the batted ball data, the peripherals, there has never been a sell-high-year pitcher, other than maybe what Jake Arrieta, what Scott said last week. Good call on that. Uh, John Lester, career-low ground ball rate, career-high fly ball rate, career-high hard contact rate, and it's not even close. Career low, soft contact rate. Babbitt very low, strand rate very high. It doesn't seem like John Lester should have a 252 <laughs> ERA right now. Is mm. he is he in the Jake Arietta class uh, of get something while you can for for John Lester? Yeah, I mean, yes, he is. Now is the time. Yes, for Lester. Okay, to sell high on Lester, guys. What did you think of three pitchers who have had kind of rough years? Who had great starts over the weekend against Whoa. good comp? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I've offended you. The yes. Go ahead. Okay. Quintana has not been as bad as Darvish and Grayheath, but Quintana, after after seven scoreless innings, has a 4.47 ERA and 25 walks and 48 and a third. He has that's, not had a good that's year. That's not what I'm objecting to. Oh, uh, <laughs> Sunny Gray. Sunny Gray. What about what oh, are you objecting to? The fact that he's a good pitcher. What did I say? He had great starts. He did throw eight innings and give up one run, and that is good. That's very, very good. He's what? Are you he, worried about the strikeouts against a team that strikes out the fewest times in baseball? Give him a break. He had nine swinging strikes, which is tied for his highest mark since his first start of the season. He stayed eight innings, four hits, one run at the at the Royals. The other pitcher, by the that's way, a, is you, Darvish. In that's discovery. a great babbip. It was a good start. He gave up four hits. It, okay, yes, it was a good start. I have no problem with saying it's a good start. I have a problem with putting him in the studs being studs category. No, or studs, calling... studs being studs is an ownership percentage thing. You should know that by now. 
<laughs> if you're owned in a, more than 80% of leagues, I, I consider you a stud. He's, he's in a, and I ranked, I ranked Gray, I think, right there with Quintana coming into the year, but he's definitively in a lower grade now because he hasn't, you know, the whiff gains we saw from him last year just haven't carried over to this year. Uh, but the one I'm most excited about about these three is Darvish because it seems like what went wrong for him, he has corrected. And that was, um, his fastball had gotten flat, his arm angle had dropped, and you saw it reflected in the batting average against the four-seamer, and the swinging strike rate on the four-seamer was, like, cut in half. Well, these last two starts, he's been racking up the swinging strikes on the four-seamer and has good numbers to go along with it. So I think Darvish is back. I agree with Scott completely. His fastball looked outstanding. I made a point to watch almost all of his start yesterday, you, Darvish. And, yeah, it was the Reds, but... Um, first inning was terrible. Threw 40 pitches, and uh, he was wild. I still like to see those walks come down. He walked three in this game, including Tyler Malley, uh, which was annoying. But then he got he basically pitched to the pitcher again. He got Billy Hamilton to pop out. Uh, so Darvish has San Francisco this week. Quintana has San Francisco this week. Sonny Gray is back home against the Angels. No chance. Yeah, yeah. Now he did make an adjustment, Sonny Gray. He changed his hands placement, um, keeping his. Something, something, I don't know. Some mechanical adjustment. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Something that made you feel a little better. He had no eight, chance. He had eight days off, or he pitched on like seven or eight days rest, and he found a mechanical flaw. I just think it's something to monitor for Sonny Gray. Sure. I'd start Ross Stripling over him this week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, maybe. You know what? Like, come on. Ross Stripling is owned in like 8% of leagues. You look at his numbers last year and this year. Now, most of it's been in relief, but this is a strikeout per inning guy. With a good ERA, he struck out nine nationals in six innings. Now he had a generous strike zone. The the article I read referenced that. Uh I, I don't I don't know why, like, what's with all the crapping on Ross Stripling? I just said well, I'd start him over Sonny Gray this yeah, but week. You're, and crapping, he's a you're crapping on him though. It's Well, you're you're kind of, I think, um, taking it back to a conversation we were having before the show started, where Heath was very dismissive of your Ross Stripling pickup. Right, right. Yeah. And I'd be fairly dismissive, too. I mean, it, it's a high caper nine, but with a low swinging strike rate. And a lot of what he's succeeding on is a soft contact rate, uh, which he also had last year. But I'm like, that's the that's the flimsiest of indicators, I feel like. Maybe uh, there's I, something I would, to I would it, like to I'm, say I'm, that I think we are maybe getting to the point where swinging strikes are just becoming a, a little bit too much. I think we might be going a little bit overboard with swinging strikes instead of just strikeouts, especially on a start-by-start basis. You know, like Walker Bueller, five swinging strikes in his first start. What were we supposed to do? Ah, forget him. He's not good. And then all of a sudden, you know what I mean? It's just like, ah, well, he has a he has a track record of dominance in the minors. Like I, I've been giving Walker Bueller a pass for the low swinging strikes, but for the like swinging strikes and K per nine often go hand in hand. And I think the pure indicator of ability and stuff is the swinging strikes rather than the K per nine. Uh, I don't know. It just and seems like I would also like to know who you were quoting with the off. Oh, forget about him. He's no good. I think. <laughs> well, I just remember. I think Chris was very <laughs> underwhelmed by his first start, and I was too. He didn't really pitch all that great. I mean, the numbers. Look, I'm not were saying good. Stripling's a bad pickup, but. Like, I'm not saying he's a good pickup either. Like, if you want to take, take a flyer that. on him, I will take continues, that. I will fine. take that. Uh, more studs being studs. Tanner Roark. We're getting good Tanner Roark this year. Uh, he's got a 339 ERA, seven or more innings in four of his last six starts for Tanner Roark. Michael Fulmer. Strikeouts are up. He's still not like a huge K guy. 46 and 51 and two thirds. What about the swinging strikes? They are him? up. They are up. <laughs> Career high, uh, for Michael Fulmer. Michael Waka keeps on Getting her done, and he ha- uh, he has either Kansas City or at Pittsburgh this week. It's a big difference. I hope <laughs> tomato, it's tomato. Yeah, it's a big difference. Well, see, the guys who pitch on Friday are often lined up for the last start of a series, and so if they get bumped for whatever reason, then they get the next team on the you know on the slate. So I never know exactly who the who the Friday night pitchers are going to get next week. It should be Kansas City for for Waka. Uh, and then Sean Newcomb, uh, he's got a .36 ERA in his last four starts against pretty easy teams. Sean Newcomb has been great. Are you going to start him, Heath, at Boston this week? You know, I own Sean Newcomb in 
probably a higher percentage of my leagues than any other player. And I have had a terrible time. I was hoping that you guys were going to make a compelling argument for or against starting Sean Newcomb this week because I am having a terrible time deciding. In How about fact, this? You, you like this stuff in DFS, I know. It's a homecoming for Sean Newcomb. Went to Middle Middleborough High School in Middleborough, Massachusetts. Well, that that's one thing in his favor. Like one of the decisions I have to make is Reynaldo Lopez against the Tigers or Sean Newcomb against the Red Sox. Oh, I'd rather go Newcomb. Newcomb. Yeah, I, I always don't. I always side with pitcher over matchup. I I know you do. I feel really nauseous about the idea of Newcomb at Fenway. Yeah, it's pretty scary. And I, I mean, the, the the Red Sox really feasted on some some bad pitching. Dylan Bundy had a nice start. Yeah. He gave up four runs. He gave up a few home runs, which was bad. But you, I don't know how you avoid giving. Like you're just hoping they don't hit a home run. I don't think you can go into Fenway against that lineup and be good enough to just avoid giving up a home well, run. Well, if you're Newcomb, you just walk everybody, and then you won't give up any home runs. Uh, <laughs> would you sell high on Michael Fulmer or Michael Waka? <laughs> I would on Fulmer. I'd sell high on Waka. I like. You hate Waka though. I do hate Walker. <laughs> well, I mean, other than the fact he has, like, the things that we normally decide makes a pitcher good are not really present for Walker, right? For the Swinging most part. Swinging strikes? What? Swinging strikes? Yeah, among them. <laughs> sure. Uh, strikeouts, he doesn't really, you know, he doesn't have good control. Um, it's kind of a low BABIP. He has very high line drive rate. He doesn't and have like I control. thought I thought he was on the verge of losing his job coming into this season. Now he's he's not obviously like I wish he was worse because then that would solve the whole Alex Reyes issue. Uh but obviously he's not on the verge of losing his job now. I just think he has performed over his head. Yeah, Waka has a 131 whip and a 308 ERA, so you know, beware. It's a pretty high whip. Studs being duds. Uh, who stands out? Dallas Keuchel, Patrick Corbin, Ding, 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 ding. Uh, Jake Arietta, John Gray, Sean Manaya, Julio Tehran. Keiko Corbin. Julio Tehran's just not good. Gray, Manaya, Julio Tehran. Julio Tehran is just not good. I will not start him at Boston this week. But that's interesting, Heath. Six starts before, you know, he had a kind of a rough outing last time out, but the six starts before that, he had a 154 ERA. And he's just not that good. Not that I disagree, but go ahead, talk about Tehran. Well, like as Scott would say about Michael Walker, all the things that we like to value in a good starting pitcher, Julio Tehran does not have them, and he's yeah. worse than Michael Walker. Well, he's got a this, four, this four is one, this is a peek into Michael Walker's future. He's got a, a four one seven ERA, and he's been really lucky. So yeah, he's. I don't think that Julio Tehran should be owned in even sixty five percent of leagues, much less ninety five percent. The improvements he made from a year ago. Are gone. Yeah, they're featuring his slider and change up more, and then being, you know, getting more swings and misses. He's basically just been a two pitch pitcher his last couple outings. And I think Um, that's because he was facing the Marlins, and he just felt like, ah, I don't need the other pitches. I I, I don't know. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's a joke. I value him on about the same level as Waka. I don't know that the ownership is necessarily too high, not significantly anyway. But he's not. You know, he's not super reliable, not somebody you're going to start every week. Hey, there's got to be a reason why Patrick Corbin's velocity is down. But now it's, you know, now we finally see some bad results. Five and a third innings, four hits, two runs, four walks, six strikeouts at the Mets. Previous start was four runs in six innings against the Brewers, which isn't terrible. He had eight strikeouts. But I just, well, neither of them were terrible. I mean, the main no. problem yesterday was the walks, or Saturday was the walks. But the velocity, right? I mean, the velocity is down. I, and when yeah. I, I didn't watch no, Saturday I, start, but two starts ago, he just, his slider was so good, but he really operating without a fastball, it can't get away with it for the, for right. much longer. I'm not totally unconcerned. I, I still think it's a little soon to raise the red flag when I, I can't find any concern from a beat writer being raised. Like, it's just basically number crunchers looking into the data and saying, hey, why, what happened to his velocity these last four outings? And if you go back and look at the, the last couple months of last year, which was among his better stretch of the season, uh, the velocity on his two-seamer was similar. I think it's also a unique situation where the fastball isn't his primary pitch. So 
you know, normally when you're talking about losing velocity on the fastball, it's it's the pitch he's throwing most often, and that's not the case here. And again, I don't know that four starts necessarily means this is the new normal. So uh, if if like his value is lower than it was four starts ago, but I don't know that we're verging on disaster here. I think it's too soon to say that. I think if if maybe his owner's freaking out, it's a good buy low opportunity. No, the guy that's verging on disaster is Sean Manaya. You've got one more week where you can tell the other owner he's got an ERA under three and try to trade him. Yeah, I mean, the thing, he has had really tough matchups all year. The schedule's got to get a little bit easier for Manaya. I mean, he's got Astros twice, he's, I think, ball, at Boston. He does have a pretty tough division. Like, Arizona's well, even, been so horrible, so that's who, that's Manaya's opponent this week. But I know Even as saying. shaky as he's been the last few outings, it's 208 BAPIP on the year. Like, that's just not sustainable. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, let's do fringy starting pitchers and see if we can read some email. I woke up today to more than a hundred emails. Actually, they are probably about seventy fantasy baseball emails just from yesterday. So, um, I'm sorry. We are just not able to get to all of those. I would try to respond to some offline, but off the podcast. But anyway, I mean, the podcast is only an hour long. What do you do the rest of the day? <laughs> Fringy starting pitchers part one. This this particular show took a long time to prep for. <laughs> Uh, Jack Flaherty is 78% owned. Fernando Romero, 79. Drew Pomeranz, 75. Tyson Ross, 75. Freddie Peralta, 73. Jake Odorizzi, having a nice year, 79% owned. CeCe Sabathia, 71% owned. Flaherty, Romero, Pomeranz, Tyson Ross, Freddie Peralta, Jake Odorizzi, CeCe Sabathia. Heath, who are your favorite three? Uh, Flaherty is the, uh, the class of this class for sure. I would say Romero and Ross are the next two that I really want to own. And the rest of the group is just kind of, I, Peralta's different because I do think there's upside there. I just don't know if he's going to be in the rotation, but Pomerantz and Odorizzi are just more like, who are they facing this week still for me? Okay. The thing about Odorizzi is, you ready for this, Adam? Oh yeah. Swinging strikes. Swinging strike rate is through the roof this year. It's elite. And, um, that would probably move him ahead of Fernando Romero for me. So I go Flaherty, Ross, Odorizzi. Odorizzi's still an extreme fly ball pitcher and there's a lot of danger to that. But if he, if he misses bats in an elite rate, I think the net result is going to be positive. I, I could be wrong about Odorizzi. I'm not saying for sure that he's Largely still the same pitcher, but even with the increase in swinging strikes, he's been just so, so lucky. His peripherals all still look terrible. So we are avoiding Drew Pomeranz and CeCe Sabathia. That's the bottom line. Fringy starting pitchers part two. Andrew Heaney, 60%. This is a kind of cruddy group, I think. Heaney, 60%. Kyle Gibson, 52. Reynaldo Lopez, 58. Kyle Freeland, 53%. Danny Duffy and Nick Kingham, and, and Kingham you can drop because he got sent down. Heaney, Gibson, Lopez, Freeland, Duffy. Scott, who are your three favorites? I will go Heaney, and then I will go Freeland, and I'll go ahead and move Lopez ahead of Gibson after um, you know a couple shaky outings from Gibson here. I'll go Lopez, Heaney, Freeland. This next group is uh, probably more interesting. 30 to 49% owned. Junior Guerra, Zach Eflin, Tyler Anderson, Jordan Lyles, Tyler Malley, Mike Miner, who I dropped in a points league where he's RP eligible, Marco Estrada, and Lucas Giolito. Junior Guerra, Zach Eflin, Tyler Anderson, Jordan Lyles, Tyler Malley, Mike Miner, Marco Estrada, Lucas Giolito. Heath, who are your favorites? I think it was a mistake for you to drop Mike Miner in a points league where he's RP eligible. He's not good. Yep, I've already put in the claim a, for good, him. Good, good. And he'll be good this week against Kansas City. I, I, am I supposed to get excited about five innings, three runs at the White Sox, at like the worst team in the world? Give me I a guess break. not, Adam. Look have... at the swinging strikes, Adam. Oh, who cares about the swinging strikes? Elite closers, maybe not. <laughs> I, I, have, I have Bud Norris and Ken Giles. I trust them much more than Mike Miner. Yeah. He had a two-star week, and he got me like one fantasy point. Yeah. No, he's been... He's been underwhelming and, um, you know, for, 
for a while it seemed like he was trending the wrong way. I still wish he'd throw a slider more often because even yesterday when he got more swings and misses, that pitch wasn't back. Like it's right to be concerned about minor, and I don't even think it was crazy to drop him, but um, I'd still probably slot him first of this group. Yeah, I definitely put him first in where you can use him as a relief pitcher. I would probably put Lyles first otherwise. Well, Lyles is a relief pitcher eligible. Oh, yeah, he is. So yeah. I'll put Lyles first. Okay. I'll go Regardless. minor one, then Lyles. So you're uh, taking then... minor over, let's say, Tyler Malley, Zach Eflin? Yeah. Yep. Malley would be third for me. Eflin is throwing pretty hard. Well, I was watching the start. Like, I saw some 95, 96, but really I think mostly like 93. Not that hard. And then in deep leagues, other than Ross Stripling, there's Dan Straley, there's Daniel Mengden, there's Clayton Richard who's doing some crazy things. Wade LeBlanc, Ryan Yarbrough, Matt Whistler, Brett Suter, and Sam What the Gavilio in deep leagues. Do we have to talk about the Yarbrough and whoever starting the rest of the games for the Rays? How and fun approach? was that? They, they... I like it. I think it's good for, for them, but it, in a quality start league, it really hurts. Oh, right. So quality start league, I mean, if he goes six innings and gives up three runs, but they're innings two through seven, is that I not a quality start? That's a quality start. <laughs> I don't think so. It's not so a start. What's the justification for it? Because I don't know, okay. like, why do you like it exactly? The, so here's well, the justification right. for it is you're getting, you're having a good, in theory, yeah. a good relief pitcher start the game against the best part of the order, and then your starter starts against lesser hitters. Right. They, your starting pitcher, Ryan Yarbrough, in, in this case, for the Rays. So they started Sergio Romo Saturday and Sunday. And Ryan Yarbrough on Saturday took over in the second inning. And they want Romo in to face the, you know, the best hitters in the lineup and then bring their, you know, quote unquote starter in in the second inning to give, Yarbrough gave six and a third innings and gave up one run. I don't know if it was a quality start. It's a, it's a really good question. Probably not. Yeah, it yeah. can't be. It can't be. It's not a start. No, it's not. It's no. not. And obviously it's going to mess with like eligibility stuff as well. Now it's only the Rays and their pitchers, you know, I don't, are they going to do this with like Chris Archer? No. No. Yeah, I didn't think so. Um, they should though. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't know. I don't know that I love it strategically, frankly, because you're limiting your maneuverability in game. If you're already burning a reliever, uh, when you don't know what kind of scenarios are going to come up later in the game. But you're you know? not burning him if he gets three outs against the best hitters. Yeah, but you, when you your starter is fresh, if you trust your starter at all, like you should expect him to have a scoreless first inning too. Yeah, they have two of those guys, and then they don't have any others. They have one of those guys. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. This this segment, whatever. Just give me a name of a guy that's in deep Yarbrough's league. my favorite. Mengden's my. Favorite. You know a name I didn't say? I did not say Francisco Liriano's name. He got deleted. He should be in the. Fringy starting pitchers part three group, like with Mike Minor and Zach Leffelin and Jordan Lyles. Uh, where's Liriano for choice. you? Good choice to delete him. <laughs> okay. He's mostly thriving on soft contact, too. Not getting strikeouts like he did in his younger days. Not even getting ground balls like he did in his younger days. But, uh, you know, I like him. Of, of these deep league options, he would be second for me. I'd go Mengden, then Liriano, then... Probably, oh, Stripling's in this group? No, Stripling's 8% owned. So he's not in this group? No. But you can, you can, hey, you can give him some love, I don't mind. I think I'd go Stripling tops of this group if yeah. we're including him. Stripling, then Mengden, then Liriano, then, uh, I don't know, it'd be a while before I got to Yarbrough. I might go Dan Straley over Yarbrough. Let me see if I can put a dent in the inbox here. Would you rather have Miguel Sano or Michael Conforto rest of the season? I'd rather have Sano. Yep. Uh, from Justo, who would you start this week at DH? Jose Martinez, Teoscar Hernandez, as Drupal Cabrera, the only one with seven games, or Ryan Healy? Jose Martinez, Teoscar Hernandez, as Drupal Cabrera, or Ryan Healy? Martinez. Yeah, I'll start Martinez. All right. Now, I'm sorry for the uh, – this isn't really going so smoothly. I'm just kind of going through some in- emails in the inbox to help some people out. Here's a grade the trade from Daniel. I traded Mookie Betts and Chris Taylor. Mookie Betts F. and Chris Taylor 
for Francisco Lindor and Noah Syndergaard. Um, I'd rather have Mookie Betts, but it's like a yeah, it's I don't know, it's it's verging on a C. David in Chicago wants to trade Matt Carpenter for Matt Olson. Would you do it? I'd rather have Carpenter in points league, Olson in roto. So yep. it would depend on the format. John Wood wants uh, wants to know if he should drop Wilson Ramos for John Hicks. I wouldn't. <sighs> like I, I wouldn't have a problem with it. But obviously Ramos has more longevity and he's one of, he's one of the few catchers who I might hesitate to drop for a one or two week player like Hicks. Finally, he's having a pretty, pretty decent year. Finally, uh, Brian says Flaherty or Tyone rest of season. Flaherty. Flaherty. Goodbye everybody. Thank you for listening on to this Monday show. We'll come back on Tuesday and you know, have a <laughs> podcast. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>